to worship. I welcome you those who are gathered here in the church sanctuary, and I welcome those who are watching at home. And it is good to be together this Lord's Day morning. See, it's like we said, God, we're ready to go back inside for church. And the Lord was like, all right, let there be fall. <laughs> and there was fall. So uh, it's good to be together this morning. It is a little chilly in the sanctuary. It's that kind of between seasons thing where it's, is the heat on, is the air conditioner on, you know, that kind of thing. But we will be warmed with the spirit. Amen. Amen. So very good. I do want to make a program note, if you will. I put the offering in the wrong place in our bulletins. So we will be doing the offering after the children's message. That's not that big of a deal, is it? So. All right. Well, whether we're here in this space after a, a long uh, a time away or whether we're watching at home, uh, as we enter into worship, we want to just make our hearts right and ready to be open to the Holy Spirit. So as I light the candle reminding us of Christ's presence with us, prepare your hearts for worship. together as a community of faith, gathered together in person and in spirit to worship you, Lord, and to give you thanks. Lord, yet again, it has been a week, a week of ups and downs, a week of triumph and defeat, of sorrows and joys. Lord, we bring ourselves before you. We bring all of the cares of the week that we have had before you, Lord, and we lay them at your feet so that our hearts will not be weighted down, but rather open up to you and to what you and your spirit have to say to us in this time. So, Lord, bless us. Make us aware of your Holy Spirit moving among us. May this be a blessed time of worship. Amen. As you know, since we are worshiping inside again, we will not be singing the hymns, but we will still have the hymns because the hymns are an important way that we share our gospel message, how we express our gospel message. So I invite you to follow along with the words as we hear the hymn, Ask ye what great things I know, which is number 136 in our hymnal.
and to new life. Amen? Alright, I invite the children to gather around the tablet, the telephone, whatever you're watching, and those who are present here with us now as we're going to have our children's time. Today is the conclusion of the fruits of the Spirit. And we have been working hard these last eight weeks, this is week nine, to learn about the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruits of the Spirit are the things that... Because of our faith in Christ, God has given us that helps us do life better and love better and to show God's love better. And so we are going to try to remember those which we have learned already. So we're going to start from the top. The fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Gentleness, and last but not least, not least, is self-control. Say that after me. Self-control. Because we all know what self-control is, right? No. No, we don't. No, we don't. I'm going to tell you guys that are below the age of like, I don't know, 15, 18 even, adults don't always have self-control down easier either. But because of Jesus' love for us, self-control is easier for us. So let's talk about self-control. Self-control is when we are able to control ourselves. Now that sounds kind of silly, but let's talk about it in a real-life sense. Your brother just stole your cookie, and you're really mad. What is the first thing that you want to do? Maybe yell? Maybe hit, steal that cookie back, maybe do something mean back. What does self-control help us with then? Self-control helps us to do no harm, to not do anything that hurts somebody else or is mean to somebody else. Because a lot of times we just have these instant reactions of how we want to be, but, but God's self-control tells us, helps us say, like, nope. We don't have to do that. We don't have to do that at all. Self-control allows us to be with people with different opinions than us, with different ideas about the world, and self-control allows us to have conversations with them without getting really mean and without yelling a lot. Let me tell you something. Our world needs more self-control these days. But as Christians, we're into that if we try to use it. It's what makes us different than others. Because when there's meanness going on, we don't show meanness. Because when there's lots of yelling, maybe, we don't yell. We instead think, what would Jesus want us to do? It's almost as if self-control is that thing that makes us take a deep breath before we react. And we all need to do that take a deep breath before we react. So self-control. This is the last of the nine fruits of the Spirit. So let's say all of them together one more time. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, 
yell, before we hit, before we do anything. And help us remember that in that deep breath, we are filling ourselves with your love, which you want us to show the rest of the world. Help us all, Lord, to have better self-control. Amen. Um, as you can see, your pink uh, prayer cards are back in the queue, so if you would like to write a prayer request, um, you can do that and place that in the offering plate. Um, but now is the time when we say, thank you, God, for all that God has given us. And we say, Lord, let us give back because you have given us so much. And then this time, then, we bless both of those things. And so the ushers will come around and collect our morning tithes and offerings. And for those of you who are at home, I mean, if you feel like this is your home church, even though you're worshiping from home, we are so glad that you're with us. And if you would like to financially support the ministries here, we invite you to send in a donation to First United Methodist Church, 308 North 2nd Street, here in Altamont, 62411. Thanksgiving and praise, let us pray in sing in our hearts, praise God from whom all blessings flow. We enter into our prayer time. Um, we have uh, many prayer requests. Um, uh, one I wanted to let you know is we want to be um, praying for the family of Cecil Prosser. Um, he passed away yesterday um, from COVID-related illness. Um, his uh, two daughters were by his side, um, and so we pray for him. And of course, we pray for all of those who are affected by COVID, our president and other leaders that are now experiencing it. For all of those who are working towards a vaccine and for good treatments. We also ask for prayers for Kathy Emmerich, who will be having surgery on Monday. We have an unspoken prayer request. 
Roy Cochran, who is the spouse of Sue, who just passed away, um, is being put on hospice. So continued prayers for him and that family. And prayers for Jennifer Burgess, who is having health concerns. I also lift a prayer for uh, a young mother in our community who is currently in labor. Prayers for that. And then a good, happy note. Charlie has, uh, you didn't say if this was a joy or a concern. Uh, hopefully a joy for you and a concern for me. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, Charlie is a part of the uh, Clue on Stage production at the Effingham Performance Center. Are you the director? He is the director. And so performances are October 8, 9, and 10 at 7 and October 11th at 2 p.m. Um, so pray for that. And if you need a little getting out, going out and see it, but wear your mask. I invite you now into a few moments of personal prayer time. what great things I know and we know God of your greatness of the mighty creation that you have placed before us and of all the blessing that you give us each and every day and for all of that Lord we say thank you and we give you praise and Lord we now ask special prayers for those we know who are in need for those who are mourning, Lord, we pray comfort upon them. Lord, for those who are sick, we pray healing. We pray, too, for your presence to be known to them. God, we pray for farmers who are in the fields, that you will keep them, and all who work to feed us, Lord, keep them safe. Lord, be with, be with us in these ups and downs of life. For Lord, we feel more down, and now we're getting into the rainy, dark days of fall, and depression can set upon us. Lord, help us to see your light in each and every day that we have. Each and every day. God, we do thank you for the blessings that we have, the blessings of family and friends, of church, for the opportunities for education, for this community that supports each other so well. And I don't just mean, Lord, our congregation, but just our community at large. Lord, we just now say, too, that this has been a week in which we have needed your forgiveness. Lord, we have failed. So, Lord, we place our failures at your feet, and we say, I'm sorry. Lord, 
me let you work in my life so that I will not sin like that again. God, thank you for hearing our prayers, for forgiving our sins, and for working on us, with us, and through us each and every day of the week. We pray all of this and more in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. And now, in our hearts, or very quietly, we join our voices together to pray to you, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
evangelism is a very church word. No one else talks about evangelism, except the term has been kind of co-opted, actually, by the business community. Um, because they understand the root of the word, which is sharing the good news. Sharing the good news. But the good news that the business community tries to share with us is, buy my product, or work for my company. But we know what the true good news is. The true good news is, is that God loves us so much that he gave us his only son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus lived in this world, lived our lives, died for our sins, and was raised again from the dead in order to put aside the sin, to destroy sin, and to bring us back into a relationship with God. That is the good news. So the question is, how do we use this muscle? How do we share the good news? Well, as I've also been telling you these last few weeks, our church council worked on this question and, answered, and was asked the question, how does a disciple work the spiritual muscle of evangelism? And so this is what our church council said. A disciple is a person who puts themselves out there to witness about God's grace known through Jesus Christ, through words and actions to all they meet. So let me say that again. A disciple is a person who puts themselves out there to witness about God's grace known through Jesus Christ, through words and actions to all they meet. And the two scriptures that we used as we were discussing this, the first comes from Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then from Luke chapter 14, verse 23, Then the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and lanes, and compel people to come in, so that my house may be filled. One of the things that we know best about Jesus is that he went out and he talked and he shared and he taught and he did that to every person that he met, both the high and mighty of the society of his day and the people who most folks wouldn't pay any attention to, be it a leper or a child. Jesus made himself in available to each and every person that he came into contact with. And he didn't do it just within his community. He went all through Israel to share the good news. But that was Jesus. That was kind of his job, right? <laughs> right? It's kind of his job. So what about me? Because I'm not Jesus. I can't perform miracles. I can't show somebody the glory of God by healing them. Well, if that, well, if that's your spiritual gift, maybe you can. So how do I share the good news of Jesus Christ today? Well, for those of us who have been around for a while, we have to acknowledge that the way we share the message of Jesus Christ is different than it was 50, 60, 70 years ago. In those days, great evangelists, people who you know, were really good at talking about Jesus, would go out to great crowds 
And he'd stir them up with the power of the Holy Spirit. And people in that very moment would just raise their hands and say, yes, for Jesus. And it was a powerful tool. But it is one that doesn't work the same way these days. Because the world is different. And oh my gosh, it's COVID time now. So we can't even have great huge gatherings. Even though we really want to. To get excited for Jesus Christ. So let's start with the basics. How can you share Jesus? Well, I want to invite you all to take a moment and think for yourselves about your own personal encounters with God. What are the things in life, or the thing in life, that has compelled you to the place you are now in your faith? Literally, like, why are you here? And the answer isn't because this is where I've been told to come on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock. Hopefully there's a reason you want to be here. There's a reason why you want to hear the word. What is that? What has that experience with God been for you? Meant for you? Why are you here? What have you received? We should all be able to identify that for ourselves. I should be able to ask each and every one of you, why do you believe in Jesus Christ? Tell me about your faith. And we should be able to give a response. I'm not asking for a lecture. But it could be something as simple as, in the times that I have felt the darkest, I have reached out to God and I have been filled with hope. At the times when my family was going through struggle, the people of the church loved me like no one else and helped us get through. Your encounter with God, your reason for being here is unique to you. And that's awesome because it's not going to be the same for each and every one of us. Some of us will have grown up in the church. And we have been covered in God's love. But there is still a moment where we say, yes, I believe. Why as a teenager or as an adult, I claim Christ as my Savior. Others of us will have had an aha moment, a moment where we had a life that we have decided, I cannot live anymore, and Jesus is going to lead me into a new life. Some of us have had that too before, but whatever the case, we all have the story, and we need to be ready to share our experience. It doesn't have to be a wrote speech about how Jesus died for our sins and we're going over a cross and says, no, no, no. Be authentic. Be real. Because people hear that. People understand that. They don't want a party line. People want authenticity. Because people are hurting. They want to know that other people can empathize with that, and they want to know that there is another way. So be prepared, because when we are prepared, God will then put the opportunity in front of us. I've said that before. But we also need to sort of take the opportunity. We need to take the opportunity if something good has happened for us to say, oh my gosh, I just felt so blessed today. I saw God here. 
or I saw God there, or I saw this happen in someone else's life, and oh, that was such a God moment. Like for me, on just Friday, one of my best friends called me, and I hadn't talked to her for a while, and she wanted to call me and tell me one thing. I said, you know what, this is a God moment because I really needed to give you a call to and we needed to talk. And so we did. That was a God thing. I didn't pick up the phone. Someone else did when I was in need, and I believe that was by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And another thing we need to be doing is being willing to ask where other people are at in their faith. Because we assume that everyone we know goes to church. Or we assume that everybody now is Muslim drink. And we know that's not true. And we assume that everybody in Alton or in Effingham County goes to church. Again, not true. So we need to ask a question. Are you attending anywhere? And if they say no, then we invite them to come with us. Case in point. So our oldest daughter, Dee, is a softball player at Lakeland College. And every year they have international students who come and be a part of the softball team. And so this year they have a new uh, international student from uh, Eastern Europe, which is a very unchurched area. So I'll call this player Sarah. And um, Dee and her roommate, who are both Christians, who uh, both you know feel their faith is very important to them, started talking to Sarah. So did you grow up going to church? She said, well, no. Well, do you have any, you know, what do you believe? And she was like, well, I really don't know that I believe anything because I really haven't heard anything. So they invited her to go to a church close to the campus with them. And she went to church, and she loved it. She loved it. She loved it because they asked, and they took, they showed, and now she's beginning to know. How important is that? Our definition talks about putting ourselves out there to witness about God's grace known through Jesus Christ through our words and our actions to everyone that we meet. Now here's a word of warning. We do need to be aware of anti-evangelism. And anti-evangelism is the things that we do and say when we're not talking about Jesus. <laughs> and sometimes those are more powerful than the words that we do say. And when we combine the two, if our actions do not line up with our faith, then we're a hypocrite. We need to be especially, especially mindful of that, this time that we're in. Especially with social media. We remember first that God loves us. We remember second that God has called us to love others. It's a very, very delicate time in which we as Christ followers really can have such a powerful influence on folks negatively and positively. The things that we post on social media, the things that we say in public, the things we say about politics 
the things that we say about COVID, the things that we say about race relations, all of that, which is about us now, we say in love, question mark, or not? Do our words and our actions line up with the faith that we are sharing? Are we turning people off, or are we turning people on for God? A disciple is a person who puts themselves out there to witness about God's grace, known through Jesus Christ, through words and actions, to all they need. That is our muscle that we are to work. And quite honestly, it should be like our diaphragm. It's the one that should be going all the time and we're not even thinking about it. It should be all the time and we're not even thinking about it. But instead, a lot of us treat it like our abs. Oh, I don't like those sit-ups, so I don't think that'll do them. Oh, evangelism, this seems kind of scary. It's a big word. What if I do it wrong? So we don't. Instead of putting our faith and trust in God and God's Holy Spirit, knowing that we don't do anything alone. That when we worship, we worship with God. When we're in ministry, we're in ministry with God. Or when we are in fellowship, we are in fellowship with God. And when we share our faith, we are doing that with God's presence through the Holy Spirit. It should be like our diaphragm. Always there without even thinking it. <clears throat> How's your muscle of evangelism? Are you willing to be creative with it? Are you willing to share it and use it? This is a challenge for all of us. Let us not make it our least used muscle. Make it our most used muscle. Let us pray. God, do not let us be scared. Do not let us be daunted by the idea of just talking about you. Lord, we talk about our best friends to other people. Lord, you are the best thing that's ever happened to us. Our ability to talk about you should be just as easy. But we've allowed sin to keep us from sharing you. We've allowed doubt and fear. We've allowed culture and expectations to block sharing your name and your word. Lord, forgive us for that. And Lord, empower us to be more vocal, to be more out there, to get out there to witness about you, to witness for you, and to help others see your love for us. Amen. As we come to our time of news to share, for those of you who were walking upstairs, you saw the boxes for um, Samaritan's Purse, uh, Operation Christmas Child, those boxes are available for you to take now, um, so you can take some on your way out. Um, they will be collected in uh, several weeks, I believe November. Um, I wanted to let you know that our charge conference is October the 15th at 6 o'clock, and it will be in Zoom. 
And so that means you can stay in your own living room and dial in on your computer. Um, so those of you who are part of the church council, um, it is expected that you will be able to, to join us. But I will be sending out the Zoom link to everybody with an email. If you don't have an email and want to join uh, the charge conference, because I know you're so excited about it, can I hear a yes? <laughs> okay, for those of you at home, that was like the most ironic thing ever because no one's excited about the business meeting of the year. But that's okay. Um, uh, we are in need of volunteers to help deliver items to our children's homes. So if you are headed to Champaign, Mount Vernon, or East St. Louis, please let Paula DeVore know um, and uh, give up some of your trunk space before you go buy all the whatever you're going to buy. Take some gifts up to a children's home where they will greatly appreciate it. Our church drive-thru lasagna dinner is this Wednesday. Mmm, lasagna. Can we all just say Yes, lasagna dinner. Okay, it is from 5.30 to 6. The menu is lasagna and breadsticks. Enough to serve two people. Hey, and that you don't have to cook. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> <laughs> so please call the church office by noon tomorrow to make your reservation. It's a free will donation, and all proceeds are going to go to family ministries. The nut sale begins on October the 11th. For those of you who like to order your nuts for your holiday baking, order forms will be available in your bulletin next Sunday, and we will post information online so folks can order the money, and the orders are due on Sunday, October the 25th. I think that is, like, the biggest and the best. I think so. All right. Well, as we go and uh, prepare to go and share Christ in the rest of the world, we go out at our closing hymn, which is Go Make of All Disciples. So as we hear the music from the hymn, let us read the words and truly take them to heart as we go out into the world. We've done this before. We've been here before. All right, so just keep scrolling as I say. Go make of all disciples. We hear the call, O Lord, that comes from thee, our Father, in thy eternal word. Inspire our ways of learning through earnest, fervent prayer. And let our daily living reveal thee everywhere. Let our daily living reveal thee everywhere. Go make of all disciples baptizing in the name of Father, Son, and Spirit from age to age the same. We call each new disciple to follow thee, O Lord, redeeming soul and body by water and the word. 
Go make of all disciples. We at thy feet would stay until each life's vocation accents thy holy way. We cultivate the nature God plants in every heart, revealing in our witness the master teacher's art. Go, make of all disciples, we welcome thy command. Lo, I am with you always, we take thy guiding hand. The task looms large before us, we follow without fear. In heaven and earth, thy power shall bring God's kingdom here. Amen. So let us go now in the peace and love of God the Father, Jesus Christ the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us go out in peace and go out to share the love of God. And we all said together, Amen. Thank you for coming to worship this morning. Thank you for all of you at home. We'll see you again next week.